Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, our lead pastor, Greg Dumas, honors dads for this special Father's Day weekend message. We hope you enjoy today's service. Come on, happy Father's Day. Come on, let's give it up to all of our campuses. Say hi. South Shore and Plant City, what's up? (laughs) Happy Father's Day. Oh, man, I don't know about the video. I don't know. God is good. Happy Father's Day to all of you. Uh, Can we start with a couple of jokes? Is that all right on Father's Day? All right, you ready? Here we go. My wife said I should do lunges to stay in shape. You guys know what lunges are, right? I said to her, that would be a big step forward. (laughs) I thought the dryer was shrinking my clothes. Can I get an amen? It turns out it was the refrigerator all along. (laughs) We're in a series called Identity Theft and God. You know, what's happening in our culture is that so many of us are losing our identity in Christ. And so what we want to do is we want to anchor our identity in the Lord today. Uh, in, In Father's Day weekend, we want to know who we are. We want to find out our sonship and our confidence and our strength. Amen? Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you for today. We pray that uh, when we leave here, every man, woman, and child would have a new grace, a new understanding of who you are. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, Amen. amen and amen and amen. It's really easy to lose our identity. It's it's pretty quick to happen. How many of you have been at a ball game and uh, with with your kids, right? And and so uh, and and you've lost your cool. Come on, anybody? I know. Come on, all the dads in the house. Every dad in the house. You've been at a ball game. So uh, years ago, we were, I was actually coaching, and we were at a, uh, a Christian league. And, and how many of you know that whenever you're in a Christian league, things are more heated than in a regular league? <laughs> we're, at a, <laughs> we're actually at a church, uh, uh, another church, uh, a friend, friend church, a sister church, and uh, we're in the middle of a soccer game. And uh, th- this guy turned into some crazy kind of monster. And then I realized it was me. And, and I realized, oh yeah, I'm a pastor, and oh yeah, I'm at a church, and oh yeah, I'm a Christian dad. And, uh, and so I had, to, I, ha- I had to realize that's not my identity, that's not who I am, but it happens really quick, doesn't it? It, just, it really can flash on us, and then all of a sudden we, we don't recognize who we are. How many of you have, have worked, uh, how many of you worked in, in a season in your life, you've worked more than 80 hours a week? Raise your hand. Come on, look, look, look around. Young people, look around. Look, look around. 80, 80 hours a week, years ago. Uh, that is a blessing and a curse, isn't it? It's a blessing and a curse. We, we, uh, you know, we can tend to kind of overdo it sometimes. Year, years ago, we were building a church. It was growing, growing, growing. And uh, we used to have five services. Now, post-COVID, obviously, we don't have that many services now. And I just want to speak to everybody who's on the other side of the stream. God is good, and life occurs in the auditorium. Woo-hoo! Okay? Um, b- building and building and building. So two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and for a while, almost a period of four years, I did four, and then I did five live. So what that means is, the, you know, live services. You can see, you know, uh, production, the video production at our campuses. Come on, Tampa, can we give it up for our South Shore campus and our Plant City campus? Come on. Woo. <clears throat> so Jesus shows up in every service at every campus and do, do, doing them live has this challenge to it because you know, you, you, you can be with a group of people and with a group of people and then with a group of people online. There's, 
there's thousands on the other side of the stream and it does take a little bit to get that done. It, it kind of takes a little bit out of you. And so I was doing four and five and I did that for years and years and years. And I did 50 weeks out of the 52 weeks of the year in the platform. And so I had a friend of mine come and I was, it's 80 hours a week plus. And uh, I had a wise fatherly figure come to me and say, you must repent in Jesus' name. He, he said, you're doing a good thing. And, and <clears throat> I had a vision one afternoon. I was praying and I saw an altar. How many of you know we have altars yes. Th that we sacrifice? Everybody sacrifices somewhere. And I saw on the altar the, the word good. And then God said to me, you're sacrificing for a good thing. And I believe it's a good thing to build a good church, right? It's a good thing to build a, a good church. Come on, let's give it up. It's a good thing. So watch this. It's a good thing to build a great job and it's a good thing to build a great family. And it's a good thing to build into your, you know, your, whatever your project is, it's a good thing. But that good thing sometimes, even if it's church, uh, is not God. And God said to me, be careful that you don't sacrifice on the altar of good and miss me who is God. And, and so I, I, I said, okay, Lord. And so today I rotate quite a bit. I rotate out and we have an amazing teaching team, don't we church? An amazing. In the summertime, I take a few weeks back to back and my life is better. I, I'm, I, I drive on I-4 in a more calm fashion today. Uh, God is good. If we listen to him, right? If we listen to him, he's got great things for us, right? But a lot of times it takes humility and a, and a degree of repentance in order to understand what God wants to do with us. And, and, and so the first thing is for us is if we want to be good fathers, how many of you want to really be there for your kids? Moms and dads, you want to be there for your kids and your spouse. Come on. Come on. Amen. You want to be there? Some of you aren't raising your hands. I love you. God bless you. It's, it's going to work out well. I promise. We want to be there for our kids. We want to be there for our spouses. We really do. We want to be there for our friends. If you want to be a good dad on Father's Day. You really, you want to be a good dad. I think the place that we need to start is being a good son or being a good daughter. Being a good son or being a good daughter. You say, well, I, I um, <clears throat> you know, in the workplace, we have real clear delineated guidelines, don't we men? But at home, we're asking, where is the model and can someone give me a handbook? I, I, I don't, I don't, this is really kind of nebulous. I don't understand it all. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to recognize that he is an incredible father and that we can transfer our understanding of sonship from God to us. And then when we understand it, we can then give it away and become really great fathers. So God has for us this message. I have a couple of points today that I want to, I want to get to you. Second Corinthians six eighteen says this. And here is kind of, this is the beginning of what God wants to say to us today, okay? And he says this to men and women, sons and daughters. I, God, everybody say God. God will be a father to you. I, God says this, will be a father to you. I don't know if you've ever seen that in scripture. And you will be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I don't know if you've ever taken a moment to understand that translation and what God is saying. Years ago in seminary, I was uh, watching the Jesus film. How many of you know what that is? And it's the story of Jesus put on film. And I was watching in my 450 
a square foot apartment. It was awesome. All of our furniture touched. And so uh, our little girl could run around the living room and not touch the floor. Because literally everything touched. And um, 450 downstairs, 450 upstairs. And I was watching on that, that television. Do you remember the TVs that, you know, they were about this big and they were about this wide? Do you remember? I was watching on one of those televisions and I watched the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist. And then there's a voice that, if you remember in scripture, there's a voice that comes from heaven and it says, this is, say it with me if you know it, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And that day, I recognized for the first time that God was speaking to me. And, and as I was watching the television, it was like God was communicating directly to me. And I want you to know that because you received Jesus as Savior, God says the same thing to you. This is my son or my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And then we would say to God, God, how could you be well pleased with me? And the answer is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And so when we are saved and we receive Jesus as Savior, God sees his son, he doesn't see my sin. Come on, somebody. God sees his son, he doesn't see my sin. And so that understanding is an a priori, that means before anything else, an a priori understanding of what it means to be fathered by God. Now, I do understand that the vertical relationship sometimes messes up our understanding of the, of the, horizontal, uh, the horizontal relationship. I'll get them right in a second, I promise. This is horizontal. And the ver it messes up our vertical relationship. But I want you to know this. God is perfect. He's always on time. He's never late. His character is perfect, and he'll never let you down. He is a perfect father. He really is. He's a perfect father. Perfect. So he wants us to learn sonship and daughtership. He wants us to learn confidence, and he wants us to stand in our strength. He wants us to stay in strength. Sonship. In Romans chapter 8, if you have a Bible, you can go there. Romans chapter 8, it delineates between these two spirits. One is a spirit of slavery that causes fear. The other one is a spirit of sonship, which clears out the fear and gives us confidence and gives us the blessing to walk in God's delineation, his direction for our lives. And so, under the, how, let, let me just say it like this. How many of you have ever done this to your kids, not that we would ever do anything wrong to our children, right? Not knowing it, we could put boundaries on them and we could say to them, I love you, you know, to the moon and back, and I want you to do this, 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 and this. In other words, we make, we make what we're saying to them conditional because of all the programming that we have received so that the misunderstanding is performance equals love. Come on, somebody. Performance equals love. Or let me translate it like this. How many of you remember in life, and maybe it happens still in your 40s and 50s or whatever it might be, you're performing, but the reason why you're performing is because of fear. It's, it's a fear that's driving you. It's not faith. It's, it's some kind of fear that's pushing you towards the front to perform. And when that happens, that is a spirit, uh, Romans 8 says, of slavery. It brings fear and lack and doubt and it can isolate us and disorient us. And God steps in and he says, I have something different for you. I want you to see this in Romans chapter eight. For you did not, hallelujah, receive a spirit that makes you a slave again 
to fear. But you received the spirit of sonship, and I'll add daughtership on Father's Day weekend. What, what? And by him, the Lord, we cry, Abba, Father. That word Abba, when it's translated, means daddy. It, it's, it's a very warm Greek term that means papa or poppy, all right? If you're Latin, it means poppy. It means daddy, daddy, daddy. And what it means is that we come to God in our 40s and our 50s and older, 60s, 70s, whatever age you are, and we still are childlike. We're not childish. Come on, somebody. We don't need to be childish. Don't throw things at your brother. We need to be childlike. Uh, I, I, am, uh, I am a proud papa, and uh, we have uh, our, our little grandson. Uh, they, and, and, and listen, every time I see him, my papa-ness comes out. Now, I, I know I don't look like a grandfather. <laughs> uh, he, he has two papas. And the other day he was in the house and he was down the, uh, down the, the way, down the hall, and he's just now starting to talk, but he, um, he doesn't need to talk because there's a tribe of people around him and when he goes, ugh, they get him whatever he wants. <laughs> right? No talking necessary. And so he's just now forming words and he was down the hall and I said, Xander, I called out to him and he said, pa. So he's calling me poppy or papa. He said, pa, and then I heard his little feet. He turned the corner, and he was coming into our bedroom, and his little feet went, and he ran and jumped in my lap. Now, at that moment, I could give him anything on planet Earth, <laughs> anything, whatever you want. It's all you. And when you're 40 and you're 50, you still need to run to Daddy God like that. You, you, you still... You, you, your heavenly father loves you in a way that is unconditional. And when you're 40 or 50 and you need him, you, you, can, you can run. And, and you, know, you know that he scared me. He jumped before, he, he was probably a foot and a half. And he just jumped into my lap. But it's not just unconditional love that God has for you. He has confidence for you. All of a sudden he has clarity for you because now you're in his presence and now you're doing his will and his word is the thing that goes forward for you. So I wanna show you the rest of the scripture. Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies, the Spirit of God testifies inside of you and inside of me that we're God's children. Come on, anybody got a child today? Come on, we're God's children. 17, now if we're a child in the Lord, we're heirs. We're heirs. You, you have a perfect father. You have a, a beyond imagination wealthy father. And I mean spiritually and conditionally. You, you have the best father in the entire world. We're heirs and we're heirs with God and co-heirs with Christ. We sit, we rule and reign with Jesus if indeed we share in his sufferings that we might share in his glory. In the book of Gideon in the Old Testament, Gideon is an example of what this New Testament scripture is all about. How many of you, and don't raise your hands, how many of you strong men with a strong purpose and a strong identity find yourselves hiding sometimes? Uh, now, don't look to your wife. She'll call you out. So we do, we hide, men and women, we, we hide 
We experience fear. We don't want to say we experience fear, but we do. And Gideon was hiding. The Midianites were coming and he was hiding in a wine press and he was threshing wheat because he was afraid and trying to to get the food together because the enemy was coming, the food was gonna be stolen, and God showed up and said to him, hail, almighty warrior. Now this is, this, is a, this is a little perplexing because have you ever felt like you're not a warrior? Now raise your hand. Come on, have you ever felt like you're not a warrior? Good, two of you are honest at the Tampa campus. I love you at South Shore and Plant City. I know you're raising your hands. We, we don't often feel like a warrior. God comes in in our weakest moment, and here's what he says to us, and he said this to Gideon. He says, I will be with you. In your weakness, I am strength. When you're afraid, I will show you my purpose. I will give you confidence and purpose. And he said, I want you now, Gideon, to go face the enemy, the enemy and when you do, you're gonna do it in my strength. And in my strength, you'll surprise the enemy. Come on, can I get an amen? You're going to surprise the enemy and you're going to win the victory. You're going to win the victory. God doesn't leave you where you are. In your strength, in your weakness, in our difficulties and in our struggles, he comes for us. He comes for us. Secondly, he wants to give us confidence in his purpose. Confidence in his purpose. Open your Bibles if you have them or you can pull the app up. And we are in Proverbs chapter three, Proverbs chapter three, very famous text. My son or daughter, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Two things are very important, aren't they? Love and faithfulness, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablets of your heart. This is likened to Deuteronomy chapter six where God tells uh, his Hebrew people, and he says this to us, I want you to bind my word on your frontals, on your forehead and on your wrist. And, and uh, so what they would do is they'd write scripture, they would fold them up, they would put them in these little uh, uh, sort of, um, they were like uh, packages. And then they would bind them on their head and they would say when they went out of the house, this is who I am as a Hebrew. And then they would say when they come into the house, this is who I am as a Hebrew. And God is saying, I want you to remember my word. These two things are really important. Love, everybody say love. Love. Everybody say faithfulness. Faithfulness. All right, somebody up here is loving love and faithfulness. Verse five, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Come on, Jesus. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first of your first fruits and your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing. This translation, your 401k. And your vats will brim over with new wine. Okay, this is a little bit surprising. Verse 11, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Why? Because good daddies discipline sons and daughters. And do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father and the son he delights in. So what we need to, in order to walk in this confidence, the sonship and then the confidence of God is to understand a little bit of humility. Can I get an amen? Amen. A little humility. A little humility and a little obedience to say to the Lord, hey Lord, the thing that I think is testing me right now is gonna turn into my testimony tomorrow. 
my testimony. And so the thing you're most ashamed of right now, if, how many of you are married? Raise your hand if you're married. All right, come on, in the name of Jesus. Right, 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 good. But all campuses, good. All right, if you're married, you have marital trouble. It's just an announcement. <laughs> Years ago, Tamara and I, we have, a, a, on a scale from one to 10, we have a, a 10 marriage. We love each other, we're committed. I'm 110, she's 110. We overlap, Jesus is good, we love the Lord, we believe in the word of God, we love each other. But from time to time, I'll let that settle with you. We, we, from time to time, we don't communicate properly. We, and, and years ago, we were not communicating well at all. And I mean, we really got into a struggle. And do you recognize the thing that is the most troublesome to you is the thing that God wants to transform the most? It's the very thing God wants to lift up and transform. He wants to fix it. He wants to renew it. And so we're having trouble communicating. And I went to the elders of the church, and, and it doesn't mean old guys. It means the guys that are visionary leaders of the church. And um, I, I told them, I said, listen, um, and I thought, and you can get fired for stuff like this, okay, if you're a pastor. I said, my wife and I are not communicating well. I really need your help. And one of the elders started, and he's just, he's kind of over, over, you know, across the room. He started going like this. And then another couple guys started clapping, and then they, they were all clapping. And he said, pastor, thank you for having the humility to tell us what's going on before you have a wreck, and he said, yeah, thank you, Lord. And so he said, you guys need to go to the National Marriage Institute and, uh, and we're going to help you. And each year from that time on, we want you to go to a, you know, a marital platform and work on your marriage. If you're married, you need to work. Come on, somebody say work on your marriage. All right. And so we went to the National Marriage Institute and we learned some tools. We put them in our toolbox and we're using those tools, tools today. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm happy to report, we've never had an argument since. Amen. If you believe that, God bless you. Never, never had an argument since. God is gracious, isn't he? But the Lord is asking us to trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he's going to make your pass straight. Years ago, I had my son on stage, and I put a small ladder on stage, and I had him jump to me. And uh, I know all the grandparents in the room. I, I don't do it today because, um, you know, I, I learned. I got a lot of feedback from that one. And uh, so he, he jumped off the, you know, he jumped. And I told him, I said, when you jump, make sure that you don't, half jump. He was about eight at the time. He's 15 now. And I said, uh, make sure that you jump with all your strength. Here's the reason why, because I want to catch you. <laughs> and if you don't jump with all of your strength, daddy, <laughs> I'll, I'll do everything. I, I will both of my arms and my legs and all those things, they'll crack, but I'm not going to drop you. And then, so he jumped the first time we all said, yay. And then I backed up <laughs> and the whole crowd, everybody went, Ooh, and, and that's when I said, okay, now I want you to really jump hard. And he jumped and I caught him and we all cheered. It was awesome. And, and then here's the moment, here's the moment. I could potentially make mistakes with my sons and daughters, amen? We can all make mistakes with them. We really can. And no matter how much we try or we want to or how strong we think we can be or how much we promise and all those things, we falter and we fail, but your heavenly father never 
fails. He never fails. Church, he never fails. He's always on time. He's always strong enough. He's always truthful. His character is always preserved. He is all, he always, 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 he's always, 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 always strong enough for anything you're going through. He'll never drop you. You can trust in the Lord. And then lastly, when we understand sonship and we get our confidence from the Lord, then we can have longevity. How many of you want to do well, not just for a month, you want to do well for the rest of your life? Come on. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. And when you talk about doing well for the rest of your life, God understands that we can only hold so much. He says in, uh, in the Bible somewhere, and I'll think of it in a second. He says in John 15, and again, if you have a Bible, you can go there. John 15. He says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And if you abide in me, you will bear, and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. You're going to bear much fruit. And so I, I want you to see just this picture really quickly. And <clears throat> this is a grafted tree. This is the branch. This is the rootstock. And when a branch is grafted to a rootstock, they cut the branch and they cut them at, at right angles. They cut this angle. They cut this angle. And then they match the xylem and the phloem, which is the inside portion that gives life to the branch. And then they cut it, they notch it, and they stick it together, and then they bind it. Now, the important part is, is that the branch by itself doesn't know what to do. The rootstock has memory in it. Come on, somebody. It has the life of the history of the tree already in it. So the rootstock, when it's planted, grows the root system, and from the root system comes the xylem and the phloem, the sugar, the life, the photosynthesis happens, and it translates its life in the rootstock to the branch. So the rootstock determines for the branch what kind of tree it's going to be, how big the tree is going to be, how much fruit the tree produces, and when the fruit blooms. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So in the Lord, so listen, in the Lord, God is saying to you and he's saying to me, you're the branch and you don't know what to do. Oftentimes when we're trying to change, how many of you want to change this weekend? Come on, I want to change. I want to change. I want to change. I want to change for the Lord. And, and so what happens is we jump in there and it's like we, we take a 20 pound dumbbell in the right hand, 20 pound dumbbell in the left hand, and we stand for a little while. And so I hear people saying, you know what, I'm gonna get in my Bible, and you know what I mean? I'm gonna, or maybe you have some marital difficulty, or maybe you're going through something with your spouse, or, or some, a friend, or maybe a loved one, and so you take the Bible out and you go, you know what, I'm gonna read the Bible, and I'm gonna start praying, and I, I, I'm really gonna try hard. Come on, somebody say try. And we try for a while. And then we get tired and we set down the dumbbells because the try is hard for us. How many of you would love to live a life where God's the one trying and you're the one resting? Being grafted into the Lord is what that means. He's the vine, you're the branch. And when God takes over, how many of you know God can hold 40 pounds infinitely? God can hold whatever you need for the rest of your life. 
And when you're connected to him, his life comes up and through your life to produce fruit in your life. And so you have longevity, strength in him, sonship and confidence and strength. Sonship and confidence and strength. And so I want to end like this. Jesus, he came and he died, didn't he? The son of God came, he lived and he died. He was crucified and he was buried, but he didn't stay in the grave, church. He didn't stay in the grave. Jesus was resurrected from the grave. He is seated at the right hand of the father. And the Bible says that in him, in Christ, we are translated and seated next to God. Now, now, it's okay to have dinner with family this weekend. God bless you. It's Father's Day weekend. I hope you have a great dinner, but it's a whole nother thing to have dinner with the Father around the glory of God. It's a whole nother thing to be seated in Him, to know what He's done for you, to realize that you're a son or daughter and that you have confidence in Him and to know that you have longevity to go through whatever you need to go through. He died, he was buried, he's resurrected. The Lord gives you a new name, a new identity. He calls you into a new life, a new glory. And in that glory, we know that we're his and that his strength is the glory of our lives. Amen? Amen. Would you join me in praying? Every voice in the house, across each one of our campuses, would you say today, Lord Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life. I surrender to you. I want to be a son. I want to be a daughter. I confess you as Lord. Come on, I believe that you were raised from the dead. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And they're given the right to become sons and daughters of God. The Bible also says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, when you give your life to Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. God has given you grace to do something different today. And so let's finish this way. Lord Jesus, I can't do this on my own. Come on, tell him, I can't do this on my own. I need you today. I invite you, change me from the inside out. If that's your prayer today, on the count of three, across campuses, if that's your prayer today, if you really mean that, heads bowed and eyes closed, you really mean that, On the count of three, would you slip your hand up? One, two, three. Slip your hand up all over the house. All over the house. All over the house. Wait, 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 wait. All over the house. Hold them up for us. Hold them up for us. All over the house. All over. We we need more help. Guys, we need more help. All over the house. In the balcony, the bleachers. Would you hold them up for us until... Hold them up for just a second. We just need to bring you a card. We just want to help you get started in your walk with the Lord all over the house. If you didn't get a card, would you raise your hand again? Hold it up for one second. 
right there, right there, right there. Thank you all over the house. Wow. Anybody else? Wave at us. Wave at us if we missed you, if you're in the balcony or the bleachers. Would you wave? If you don't have a card, would you wave at us? If your hand was up. Thank you. We're coming. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. We see you. God bless you. Thank you. Others today. Just slip your hand up for us nice and tall. Wow, wow, wow. One last time, anybody else? Give us a big wave. If your hand was up, we we didn't make it to you. Hallelujah. Church, can we thank the Lord? Can we just thank God today? Man. Amen. So I want to pray. The the front of the church, we call it it the altar. And um, so those of you who are on the far edges, on the right and the left, the right and the left, would you scoot in just a little bit, just just a hair, just a hair. Would you come in just a little bit? Okay, we're going to stand in just a second. And then those of you who received a card, if you would like to, we'd love for you to come forward. And and you, you don't have to do this alone. Ask somebody to come with you or if you were around and you were peeking, all right, it's allowed as a Christian, and somebody received a card, you could gently, okay, everybody say gently. You could gently just say, I'll go with you if you'd like. And so what we want to do is we want to help you with the verbal part of trusting Christ. And so the Bible says that we confess Christ as Lord. So we set it like this. And then what what you want to do is you want to come say it so that you nail it down inside. I confess Christ as Savior. I believe that he was raised from the dead. Make it simple. Don't make it religious. Make it simple. And so that's why we're here at the altar. And then then there's a couple other things that the Lord asked me to ask you about, okay? Why don't we stand together? Let's stand together. This is a time of response. And so there's a couple other things. If If you received a card... You can start making your way to the front now. If you need prayer, you can start making your way to the front. And now a couple more things here, okay? I'm calling for those of you, if you're a father and you need to jumpstart being a father or you need to restart being a father, would you begin to come? You can just, wherever you are, you can begin to come now. There's another one, fathers and sons that need reconciliation. Would you begin to come? If you're, if you're here, And maybe your relationship with your dad is fantastic. And maybe it's not. And maybe today he's somewhere else, but you're here and you want to get it right in your heart. I I want to understand what sonship is and I want to understand what daughtership is. How many of you, just by raise of hands, we're off the stream now. How many of you have had, and be honest with me here for just a second, okay? Not as an indictment. How many of you had trouble in your father-son or father-daughter relationship? Raise your hands. Come on, all over all over. If there's something that's troubling you, you can begin to make your way. If it's troubling you, let's leave it here and not take it with us today. Amen. Amen. Let's leave it here. If something's troubling you, let's leave it at the altar. How about families that need reconciliation? If you're a family member and you're here last night after services, we had so many people line up and say, Hey, I, I just, I really need to clear out some of the trouble that we've been having. It's really been difficult. We need to clear it out. And so if that's you, you can come. I'm gonna step aside for just a moment and we're standing so you can have a little access so you can come. Pastor Stephen's then gonna close the service. God bless you.
God bless you. Thanks for joining us on the Crossing Podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash crossingchurch. There you can watch all of our messages on demand and our live broadcasts. You can also download our app by searching for Crossing Church Tampa in your app store. There you can find upcoming events, watch live, message notes, and more. Thanks for joining us, and we can't wait to worship with you next weekend.